From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium, and it is good to be here, and so good to have you with me for the ride straight on through until morning. Ain't late night radio grand. Uh, we are now uh, heading into my uh, absolute favorite time of the year, the autumn. Uh, the air at night is getting crisp. It's harvest time. Uh, baseball postseason looms. I just, I love it. Thanksgiving around the corner, up here in Canada at least. A great time of year. And I hope you're all doing fine, wherever you are. Albert Venzel is here running our Hangout on Air uh, you know the drill, surely, by now. If you want to watch the live stream, go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett. S as in Simon. Y, because I love you. R, E, double T, at Richard Serrett. Uh, say hello and please follow. Anyway, if you go to the uh, the top of that feed and you look for the tweet containing the HOA link, Hangout on Air, HOA as the kids call it, click on it and voila! You can watch the show. You'll be uh, in the uh, the inner sanctum, the star chamber. Uh, now, mind you, all you're going to see for the uh, for this evening's program is my ginormous head staring back at you. Our guests uh, tonight will not be on the webcam, but sometimes they are. Uh, however, Albert usually has something uh, interesting in the uh, the slideshow. He'll uh, he'll uh, he'll do something wonderful for you. Uh, Albert has also, boy, he's, he's wearing a lot of hats. He works hard, Albert. Uh, anyway, he's posted his usual assortment of tantalizing tidbits in the slide carousel. Uh, just go to the website, strangeplanet.ca or .tv, strangeplanet.ca or .tv. Go to the radio page, and atop that page is the slide carousel. And uh, one of the, the stories there, it's a, it's a short little three-minute video. I think you'll like watching. It's uh, titled, Nephilim Fallen Angels Watchers Have Been Released. This is a film out of uh, Iceland. Let me read that title again. It's rather profound. Nephilim Fallen Angels Watchers Have Been Released. That's all I'm going to tell you. You'll have to check it out for yourself. Anyway, watch it because I think that will be a great primer uh, for my next live event. Fast approaching. It's called As in the Days of Noah, which is happening Wednesday, November the 4th. Now get this. We are bringing, we always bring you the top people. L.A. Marzuli, author of the Nephilim Trilogy, will be on stage with me. Carl Gallops, author of Final Warning, Understanding the Trumpet Days of Revelation, will be on stage with me. And this will be, again, Wednesday, November the 4th at the Oise Auditorium. That's the University of Toronto, St. George Campus, right there on Bloor. And uh, it's 7 to 10 p.m. There'll be a uh, book signing afterwards. For tickets, go to my live events page at strangeplanet.ca. That's the live events page, strangeplanet.ca. And you can order online uh, or call my friends Patrick and Kadena at Conspiracy Culture. 416-916-1696. 416-916-1696. Uh, Nick Redfern is standing by. 
I got to tell you, he must be tired of talking to me because Nick joined me. Uh, he was gracious uh, to join me last night on uh, Coast to Coast for three hours. We talked about the chupacabra, which is, for those uh, not in the know, that's Spanish for goat sucker. Uh, and um, this is the, the vampiric cryptid uh, that first came to our um, attention about 20 years ago when this was really, it was mass hysteria. It spread across Puerto Rico. All of these reports about this strange winged, leathery winged creature with a mouthful of fangs uh, that was said to be preying on livestock, uh, goats, peacocks, sheep, cattle, you name it. Uh, but that was last night on coast. Tonight, uh, Nick here, Nick is uh, here to talk about something completely different. His brand new book, and my word, I think this is, I think he wrote this between last night and tonight. <laughs> Just kidding, but uh, this is like book number 31. And, um, in it, he is asking a most uh, profound question. Are significant numbers of humanity the product of an, 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 an ancient and advanced alien civilization. Have we, across the millennia, been periodically modified and refined as a species? In other words, has our genetic makeup been manipulated by otherworldly beings that, that uh, look at human civilization as one big lab experiment? Nick Redfern suggests that a significant number of humans may have been periodically modified and refined by an ancient alien civilization. And this controversial question may well be answered by examining those people whose blood type is RH negative. It's a small percentage of our worldwide population, about 10 to 15 percent, exhibit this RH negative factor. Uh, And if Darwin's theory is correct, that we are descendants from the rhesus monkey, uh, then the entire population should be RH negative. It would stand to reason. If we are descended from rhesus monkeys, we should all be RH negative. But Nick has established in his book that RH negatives are somewhat different mentally and physically, and that many RH negatives hold positions in both uh, government and royalty. All right, let's uh, bring Nick in here. He is the author, lecturer, journalist, who writes about a wide range of unsolved mysteries, including Bigfoot, UFOs, the Loch Ness Monster, alien encounters, and government conspiracies. His previous, uh, previous books include Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind, For Nobody's Eyes Only, The World's Weirdest Places, The Pyramids and the Pentagon, The Real Men in Black, The, Nas- the NASA Conspiracies, and Contactees, He's appeared on numerous television shows and networks, including Fox News, the History Channel's Ancient Aliens, Monster Quest, UFO Hunters, VH, VH, uh, VH1's Legend Hunters, National Geographic Channel's The Truth About UFOs. We don't have time to mention all his accomplishments. Nick, how are you? Hey, Richard, I'm doing good, thanks. I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting deja vu, I think. <laughs> we have to stop <laughs> meeting like this. You must be sick of talking with me. <laughs> It's a real pleasure. Uh, last night was was great fun, and yeah, I'm, cool, I'm I'm looking forward to tonight as well. Um, all right, so R H. I don't, you know, I'm 
I'm probably in the minority. I guess I should be donating blood more often because I don't even know what my blood type is. Do you know what yours is? No, I actually don't. I have no idea what mine is. People keep asking me that because of the book, and I really ought to find out so I can at least give them an answer. You know? So, uh, because I'm a little bit of a novice when it comes to blood types, so explain what uh, RH negative and RH blood types are. Well, yeah, sure. Well, there are, primarily there are four uh, main blood groups, and they're A, B, AB, and O. So those are the four main groups, A, B, AB, and O. And um, most of the world's population is what's called RH positive. Now, people who are RH positive, that means they contain, their blood contains a particular protein, which um, essentially is, is called the RH factor. And RH comes from, as you said, the rhesus monkey, or as the official title is the rhesus macaque, but it's more popularly known as the rhesus monkey. Now, and, that, and that's been established, that, that's 100% for certain, correct? The oh, RH, yes. and this is a marker in the blood, right? A top, aside yes. from your blood type, we are talking about the RH marker. Yes, that's correct, yeah. And roughly, um, so people have an understanding, in, um, in the United States, um, the percentage of Caucasians that are RH positive is roughly around about 91, 92%. Um, for African Americans, it's uh, somewhat similar. Uh, it's actually a lot less for Asian Americans. It's, um, it, I mean, excuse me, it's much more for Asian Americans, about 97, 98%. So on average, the, the number of people who are what are called RH negative, that's to say they lack the RH factor, is actually quite small. Um, it's roughly about 4 or 5% of the population overall. Now, the, as I said, the, the RH factor um, essentially, uh, as I said, comes from the rhesus monkey. Now, we are today, at least, um, our DNA is genetically uh, identical to the recent monkey, the rhesus monkey to a degree of about 92, 93%. Well, that, so, sounds, you know, that sounds like a lot, but I mean, I've, I've read where also our, our genetic makeup, when you compare humans to like a blade of grass, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of similarities. Does this mean, does this mean uh, that we are, um, we are descendants we are descended from rhesus monkeys, or does it simply mean we share some of the same proteins? We may have similar, uh, you know, uh, genetic markers with yeah, the, that we share that, with a banana, for crying out loud. <laughs> well, yeah, that, what it basically means is, is that, yeah, is our DNA is sort of 92% compatible with today's rhesus monkey. However, the interesting thing is that the people who are RH negative, the reason they're called RH negative, this very small percentage of the population, about 5%, they lack the RH factor. Now, you know, regardless of, you know, how you can sort of look at, you know, div different living organisms and compare the levels of, um, you know, the, the DNA compatibility between, like, chimpanzees and people, for example, the fascinating thing and the thing that it still puzzles a lot of people today is if we're all, you know, homo sapien, why is it that we don't all have this RH factor? Right. That's Whatever that RH factor, wherever it comes from, it's like Sesame yeah. Street. One of these things yeah, is the not like thing. the other. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's the important thing. It doesn't matter so much, you know, um, where it comes from, etc. But if we're all human, if we're all homo sapien, 
why is it about 5% of us don't have that close compatibility? And they actually completely lack the RH factor. So, of course, this gets to the heart of things like, for example, the theory of evolution, which, you know, I'm not saying it's not correct, but it, it clearly doesn't explain all the answers when, as I said, a small percentage completely lack this one particular factor that the rest of the human population all has. All right, we've got a mystery on our hands, uh, folks. Nick Redfern is here, and his latest, hot off the presses, Bloodline of the Gods. Unravel the mystery of the human blood type to reveal the aliens among us? All right, let's find out when we return. The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations, what goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, Nick Redfern is here, and the latest is Bloodline of the Gods. Unravel the mystery of the human blood type, we're talking RH negative, to reveal the aliens among us. Um, we've all heard the term, you know, the one percenters, uh, uh, which is a little bit of class uh, warfare, I suppose, but we're talking about the 10 to 15 percent of the inhabitants of this planet that are RH negative. They don't have that RH protein in their blood. So, as Jerry Seinfeld uh, said, who are these people? You know, why don't they have that RH uh, uh, um, protein? Does this mean that this is evidence of perhaps alien manipulation? Um, with human civilization. So let's talk a little bit about this 10 to 15 percent. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, 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 it's mentioned in the, in the literature then that we, that we are talking about members of ro the royal houses of Europe, uh, certain political dynasties. Um, talk to me about the documentation that, 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 uh, you know, points at these mm. particular groups. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, what, one of the interesting things is, that a significant number of people who have reported alien abduction cases and um, contactee cases and profound UFO encounters have been shown to be um, RH negative. And this has given rise to the, the theory that um, the, the RH negative um, strain, if you like, um, is indicative of something that is the work of extraterrestrials. In other words, it comes back to this whole issue of sort of genetic manipulation and how the whole alien abduction phenomenon ties in with genetics and reproduction and hybrids and things like that. And that's sort of the, the thrust of the book. Um, the fact that when we look into it, we find countless cases of people who are RH negative and have uh, had, as I said, profound UFO experiences, and to where the percentage is far more than just in the, the rest of the sort of 85 to 90% of the population. And we also find a lot of um, well-known authors in the, not just the, um, the UFO field, but authors who've written about ancient astronaut phenomena, which actually, you know, comes into play with this story as well. For example, arguably the world's most famous um, author on alien, um, ancient astronaut phenomena, Eric von Daniken, 
is RH negative. Oh, um, Brad isn't Steiger, that interesting? Who has extensively written on ancient mysteries like the pyramids, Atlantis. Right. Brad is RH negative. What about Zachariah Brad, Sitchin? Zachariah Sitchin was RH negative. Oh, you don't negative. tell. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah, and Robert Anton Wilson, who had a deep interest in the whole issue of ancient aliens and the Egyptians, he was RH negative. And, you know, the list goes on. And, and um, you know, so we're seeing the, almost like a, a pattern that for so long has gone under the radar, so to speak, of people who are inextricably linked to the UFO phenomenon who also have the, as I said, the RH negative strain in them. Well, uh, we are told that uh, alien abductions, uh, when it happens in a family, it's often generational. Mm. So if uh, the father or the mother is an abductee, then often the children mm. will be, or their, you know, the grandparents and so forth. Uh, now, I know, I mean, with blood types, I could be, let's say, AB, and my children uh, might not be. But, mm. the, but the RH, that marker, that protein marker, does that, is that passed down from one generation to the next? Well, it is, but it's not always. Um, it, it, it's, it happens sort of at random. It doesn't happen all the time. Now, if you've got... The main issue, more than anything else, is the compatibility. And, and this sort of gets to the issue to demonstrate how weird type um, RH negative blood is. I mean, I'll give you an example. If, say, uh, you have uh, a man and a woman, and uh, the man's, say, RH negative, the woman's RH positive... You know, and, and she gets pregnant, and um, normally, you know, when a pregnancy occurs, a lot of people don't realize that although the, you know, the, as the fetus grows, the, you know, the unborn baby grows, obviously it's nourished by the mother, but the bloodstreams don't cross. Now, as I right. said, if the father, say, RH negative, and, you know, the, the baby is RH negative, but the mother is RH positive, very often it's not a problem. But let's say, you know... Um, on occasion that the baby, you know, there might be an issue. And so there's this procedure called an amniocentesis where, in simple terms, a needle is inserted and it allows for the, uh, you know, for a small, very small uh, sample of blood or cells to be taken just to be, you know, examined. Now, if in the process of that, you know, there's a slight issue and the baby's blood, the, you know, the unborn fetus blood, mixes with the, um, the pregnant woman's blood during this procedure, amniocentesis, um, the mother's um, immune system views the, un views the unborn baby, and no pun intended, as alien, as foreign, and literally tries to kill the fetus. Oh. Now, fortunately today, there are drugs that can quite easily combat this. But if, say, for example, you know, the, the drugs aren't available, um, the, the unborn fetus can be in, in extreme danger. At the very least, it can cause um, extreme anemia, which can, you know, can result in major problems uh, for the development of the fetus and cause big problems you know, when, when the baby's born. Even. Um, so in other words, we have a bizarre situation where a mother's own body will view the baby she's carrying as something that has to be gotten rid of because the, it perceives the blood as being literally totally, totally alien to the mother. And, um, you know, that's almost, it's, it's unique, but it's like disturbingly unique as well. All right. So let's, um, I don't have three hours with you tonight, regrettably. <laughs> I wish I did. I really do. But, so let's lay it on the line here. Um, how do we get from 
uh, you know, this the the uh, the Rh negative blood type. And alien manipulation. Yes, we have. It's interesting. Uh, it is curious that many yeah. of the people that are alien abductees or, or alleged alien abductees are age negative. So there seems mm-hmm. to be something going on there. But, I mean, how do we nail this case shut? Well, yeah, sure. That's the interesting aspect. Um, now, you know, I mentioned that the vast majority of the population, round about sort of nine uh, excuse me, about 91, 92% of the population, depending on whose figures you look at, is RH positive. Just a very small percentage are RH negative. But there's one group of people who, where their figures are much higher, between 45 and 60%. And these are the Basque people of Spain and portions of France, B-A-S-Q-U-E. Now, as I said, the Basque people, their figures are, are literally, you know, sort of 45 to 60%, incredibly high. And... The Basque people have their own unique language, which is totally 100% unlike any other European language. It has no similarities with, you know, the the language in any way, shape, or form. It's unique. And the people themselves, um, they look slightly different in the sense that they have sort of heavier foreheads, uh, more prominent wider noses, more powerful-looking jaws, and they're sort of more robust physically. What's interesting is that the area where the Basques live is where tens of thousands of years ago Cro-Magnon Man lived. And what we find is that in other areas of the planet where Cro-Magnon Man lived, we also have higher than normal um, RH negative levels. And because of the somewhat similarity between the Basques and the Cro-Magnons, the the, the sort of prevailing belief is that the Cro-Magnons are, excuse me, that the um, the Basques are sort of the, you know, the, the, the last descendants, uh, to a degree at least, of the original Cro-Magnons. All right, um, so why couldn't that be the answer? The, I mean, are, well, that are is, Cro-Magnon... Yeah, that I mean, what, that's correct. That what that suggests is that almost certainly, because it's not just in Spain but in other areas, almost certainly that Cro-Magnon man was RH negative. Right, right. Makes sense. Okay. And so the big question then becomes, why is it that in the same way that with Homo sapiens today, a small percentage, you know, are RH negative, why is it that, you know, all these early types of human, like Neanderthal man and some of the early ones that came from before them, why shouldn't they all have been RH positive? And this brings us to the issue of why Cro-Magnon man was potentially the different one. Why was it RH negative? And um, this goes back to the whole ancient astronaut scenario, particularly of people like um, uh, Zechariah Sitchin, who believed that one strain of early human was uh, genetically altered, essentially to turn it into like a slave race. Right. And this would involve creating an entity that was sort of robust, more adaptive and um, more uh, have a greater ability to withstand viruses and disease and things like this. This comes and from the, the Sumerian creation myths that were put down on these cuneiforms that are sitting yeah. in the, yeah, the, the museum Sumerian of myths of, of yeah. Like the Anunnaki, right. these um, sort of higher powerful, depending on how you look at it, deities or extraterrestrials visiting the earth in the distant past. Essentially, as people like Sitchin suggested, to turn the earth into sort of a resource, almost like a factory, um, but have somebody to do the work for them, so they genetically altered and manipulated and upgraded. 
an already pre-existing very primitive type of human which may well have become Cro-Magnon and uh, as a byproduct was RH negative and so then that sort of if that is the case that we have like a, an extraterrestrial intervention that altered an early form of human then from there the suggestion is that this program at a stealth most far more stealthy degree than in the distant past is still going on today where we're still seeing this lineage of rh negatives still having deep ties to the ufo phenomenon uh what about the neanderthals which is another branch of the uh, mm-hmm. the human family um do they have the rh negative no, there's, there's no evidence of that, and we're not seeing in areas where the Neanderthals proliferated, you know, a, a similar situation with, with extreme levels of RH negatives as well. And what's interesting is that, you know, the RH negatives were around at the same time as the Cro-Magnons, but the RH negatives vanished under very odd circumstances. You know, the, the prevailing theory is that with the Cro-Magnons, you know, that they were absorbed into, as we are today, Homo sapiens. With the RH, excuse me, with the Neanderthals, um, it was almost as if they were wiped out and, and wiped out under very mysterious circumstances. And uh, some ancient astronaut investigators have suggested that they may have been deliberately wiped out by extraterrestrials to allow for the development of the, the Cro-Magnons. In other words, so there wouldn't be this competing, warring situation going on. Um, you know, you allow one to survive at the expense of the of the weaker one. Now, what's interesting about Cro-Magnon man is that if you look at the early humans, the very early humans that came out of Africa, where they were sort of, for all intents and purposes, proto-humans, sort of two to three foot tall, ape-like animals, but with a you know a, a degree of intelligence that advanced over the years, etc., etc. But what we have with Cro-Magnon man. Is a, is a form of man that developed extremely quickly and was highly evolved. I mean, their brains were actually significantly bigger than ours. We know from the cave paintings in, in caves in France, they were extremely skilled artists. If you look at the, some of the artwork that still exists, you can see pictures. I mean, it would easily rival anything you would see in like a museum or an art gallery today. We also know from the remains that have been found that they had burial ceremonies, that they understood what death was and its implications. Um, we also know that they, uh, from uh, tools and uh, remains that have been found, that they had music, uh, rudimentary musical instruments, um, like early type of string instruments. And were they, in, were they inhabiting the fertile crescent, Sumeria, which later became Babylon? Um, well, no, they weren't, but that's the, the area where, you know, the... The stories are that the Anunnaki came down. You know that, that that was one of their base of operations, reportedly, with Africa. So it's interesting, you know, that the early humans came out of Africa, and so the Middle East is one of those areas, sort of really tied to the whole ancient astronaut phenomenon. But but what's interesting, you know, is when it comes to this issue of um, you know the the Cro-Magnons and their developments and so forth. Um, when we put all these issues together, um, you know, the, the, the sudden development, the, the, you know, the greater brain capacity, etc., etc., it does sound like the sort of spontaneous mutation of 
one type of early human. Now, of course, you know, the, the prevailing um, standard theory is this was just down to nature and, and nothing else, you know. And, and that's why it's so controversial, because you can make an argument that it was down to nature, or you can make an argument that when you place it in the context of the ancient Sumerian texts, you know, the, and where these stories were heavily believed by the ancient Babylonians, the Assyrians, etc., um, that, that there was some sort of alteration and manipulation of an ancient human species. All right, we will pursue that thread with Nick Redfern, Bloodline of the Gods, when The Conspiracy Show continues. Stay with us. We'll be back very, very soon. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Nick Redfern stays with us, Bloodline of the Gods. Uh, so, this RH negative, uh, and which seems to have been passed down to certain humans uh, via the Cro-Magnon line, um, are, is there within certain other groups, let's say the political class, the ruling class, the royal houses, is there a higher percentage of RH negative? Yeah, there actually is. I mean, the, the British um, royal family has this, you know, this strain literally running through it. And this has sort of given rise to the idea of, you know, even if there's sort of an extraterrestrial origin to it, Obviously, we're not seeing, you know, the planet ruled by aliens today. Well, we, we would know, obviously. But the, the theory is that in a strange fashion, perhaps they're still sort of ruling in a way, but by proxy. In other words, you know, the, the sort of the ruling elite um, have this, um, you know, the, the RH factor, uh, this, or rather the RH negative uh, factor and um, in a strange fashion you know that the lineage is still continuing now obviously for the vast majority of the population uh, who are age negative you know they're not part of any sort of conspiracy or anything like that but, you know, they, they may a lot of people like me and you discussed at the beginning neither of us know what our blood groups are for all we know we could both be RH negative you know but it, it's not impacting on us in terms of us being part of some Exactly. Sinister elite or whatever. Exactly. What's that? No, I, I'm just I'm just saying I'm listening and I'm saying exactly. That was yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm right yeah. there with you. So I'm right I there think, with you. You know, one of the theories that's being put forward is that the elite may know something about the secret history of this lineage and may have some understanding of what it actually means to be different. You know, for the rest of us, it's oh well, my blood's just different to yours. Big deal, you know, what's on TV tonight, that kind of thing, you know. Um, but for the rest of for the for the elite, it may well be that they have some sort of understanding of the implications of, as I said, of what it means to be um, RH negative. But, I mean, certainly the in today's world, the most visible um, aspect of all this is in relation to the alien abduction phenomenon. Now, as well as the blood group, you know, being distinct, or the blood itself being distinctly different, there are also a number of physical differences as well. One of them being that every year a small percentage of the population are born with an extra vertebra in their spine. And, you know, for the most part, it doesn't cause any issues at all, and most people would never even perhaps know they got an extra vertebra unless they had to have a, you know, a surgery and the doctor happened to tell them. 
that the portion, the, excuse me, the percentage of people who are H negative who are born with an extra vertebra is actually higher than in the rest of the population. And this brings us to one of the most famous abduction, if not the most famous abduction case of all, the Betty and Barney Hill case sure. of 1961. Um, in September 61, Betty and Barney were driving back home from a holiday in Canada uh, to their home in New Hampshire and had, you know, I won't say it's the first abduction because it wasn't, but it was, uh, you know, over time, further earlier cases have come forward, but it was certainly the first one to be recognized on the sort of scale and type we talk about today and they had um they saw this strange light in the sky got closer they saw these things looking through windows of the craft and they had missing time and start to develop strange dreams and nightmares and eventually you know stress grew and grew and they decided to have regressive hypnosis now under the hypnosis bear in mind this issue of the extra vertebra um barney hill under hypnosis said that the aliens kept doing something what he felt was very strange. They kept running their fingers up and down his spine. And with hindsight, he wondered if they were counting his vertebra. <sighs> now, this was sort of early 60s when he was um, interviewed. And, uh, excuse me, when he was hypnotized. And so, in other words, nobody back then was talking about RH negative blood and extra vertebra in connection with alien abductions. And right. yet, Barney Hill hit on something... 50-something years ago that is part and parcel of today's RH-negative controversy in relation to the alien abduction phenomenon, this matter of having an extra vertebra. That is fascinating. So uh, why then? Why they're coming back Mm -hmm. uh, and they seem to be particularly interested in, I guess, their their offspring, their descendants of this, this ancient hybrid program what do they want? Why the why the RH people, the RH negative people, rather? Yeah, well, this if we look at the original stories and most of the sort of hypotheses and scenarios that have been put forward by people in the ancient astronaut community, they've suggested that the initial impetus, as I said, was to create like a slave race in the very, very distant past, sort of tens and tens of thousands of years ago, where would we would be sort of, you know, definitively inferiors to this uh, highly powerful and advanced extraterrestrial race. But the, the theory today is that, you know, it's sort of a, a strange form of irony that they may well be on a genetic decline. So whereas in the distant past we were, you know, we were manipulated to be a slave race, today they may be reliant on us as a means to, to keep their civilization alive. And that may explain the entire focus of things like alien abductions, where you have, you know, the, the aliens supposedly taking um, DNA, cells, eggs, sperm, that kind of thing. And abductees talk about seeing hybrid babies and hybrid children. So in other words, it may be that the tables have turned, that the old days of this you know, all-powerful race creating a slave race on the planet is now possibly on a, a significantly and, and dangerously uh, or dangerous uh, um, evolutionary decline to where now they're still reliant on us or using us, but from a diff- very different perspective. Now it's to try and ensure their survival. All right, Nick, we have one more segment uh, coming at us, and we'll get to that right 
shortly. Uh, Nick Redfern, Bloodline of the Gods. Richard Serrett here on The Conspiracy Show. Hang out. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Say hi on Twitter at Richard Serrett and the website strangeplanet.tv, strangeplanet.ca. Nick Redfern is here, Bloodline of the Gods. Um, you, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, the extra vertebrae. We have the, uh, mm. the, the, um, the absence of the RH antigen. Um, I hear a lot these days also about, uh, uh, Scientists scratching their head over something called junk DNA. Um, some people have this DNA that doesn't seem to serve any useful purpose here on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I mean, does that play into this as well? Do the people with the extra vertebrae, the RH negative, do they have some of this junk DNA? Well, that, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure to what extent, you know, the RH negatives have, um, you know, a high degree, but the whole junk DNA angle is an interesting one because, again, it suggests that we don't, even, as I said at the beginning, even if the theory of evolution has merit, there are, there are, there are clear anomalies, um, you know, in terms of why we're not all quite the same. You know, I mean, you can make a, if you look at the distant past, you know, you look at Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal man, they were actually different types of human. You know, so you can make a case, well, maybe the DNA would be different. But today, we're all homo sapien. And, you know, I guess for a lot of people, it might be strange to think, you know, the concept of living alongside a different, another form of human that's actually different to us. You know, that's like with Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, they were both human but they were different types of human. But today, we're all uh, homo sapien. So that begs the question, why is the RH negative issue even an issue? Why is the junk DNA issue even an issue? It shouldn't be because we're all 100% homo sapien. We should all be the same. All right, let's come at this from a, a different angle. And I mentioned off the top, I'm, I'm bringing uh, L.A. Marzulli to town in mm. November and um, the Nephilim trilogy, Fallen Angels, and so forth. Let's sort of overlay this story with the biblical narrative now. Now we're not talking about uh, the um, you know, extraterrestrials. We are mm. talking about fallen angels, commingling with the daughters of men. We know about this from the book of Enoch and Genesis creating, uh, you know, this this race mm-hmm. of, of giants and so forth, mm-hmm. which, you know, uh, just as a quick aside, I, uh, I never quite understood, you know, the, the idea of this wrathful God in the Old Testament ordering, mm-hmm. ordering the Israelites to go into a village and smite every man, woman, and child. A lot of smiting going on in the Old Testament. And, but if we understand uh, the, um, the need to, um, to do that, if, if, if they weren't actually smiting humans, they were smiting the offspring of, of the fallen angels, then it makes more sense. So is it possible then, Nick, that again, overlaying this on, on, on top of the biblical narrative, the RH negatives are coming from a line descended from the Nephilim? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's not impossible. I mean, that's actually one of the theories that's been put forward. I mean, you, mean, you look at a lot of the accounts from you know, the ancient biblical texts, and 
you know, you quite rightly, you, you, you know, we hear of the Nephilim, we hear of the giants, you know, the uh, the men of renown, and certain biblical characters living extensive lifespans, and you know, things like this, and even the story, for example, of how Eve, Adam's wife, was supposedly created, you know, from one of Adam's ribs. I mean, if you read the um, the translation, it actually says that Adam was put into a state of a deep sleep and his rib was removed to create Eve. Well, that sounds like, you know, something, an, an early human being anesthetized and, you know, cells or DNA being extracted to then, you know, create or at least upgrade, you know, the female of the species, if you like, as well. Um, you know, you can look at it from that perspective. You can find a lot of stories in, you know, the Bible that have at the heart of them what can be interpreted as sort of crossbreeding or advanced genetic um, manipulation going on. Uh, and and uh, in, the, in the New Testament, uh, in Matthew, uh, Jesus says, in the end times it will be uh, as it was in the days of Noah, uh, and it says, of course, that in the days of Noah, there were, uh, or before Noah, rather, there was there were Nephilim upon the earth, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, again later there were Nephilim. So, if you look at the you know the the flood story, the biblical flood, yeah. as a way of sort of cleansing the gene pool, because mm-hmm. only Noah and his family were of pure blood; they didn't have Nephilim mm-hmm. blood. Um, so I, it's interesting if you look at it that perspective. You know, we, we may be talking about the same thing, but in from different perspectives here. Now you're right, and I mean this is something else I talk about in the book, in the sense that um, it, it may not be coincidental. You know, when you're talking about sort of the rise of like a, like a like mirroring the distant past. Uh, you know, today we have stories about the hybrid children, hybrid babies, and the black-eyed children, which I talk about quite extensively in the book yes in other words sort of um you know a a half human offspring which certainly in the last 20 years or so is becoming more and more prevalent in ufo reports you know you go back to the betty and barney hill days in the 60s and 70s yes there was a reproductive component and a sexual component but we weren't hearing stories of like hybrid babies and hybrid children and all this kind of stuff from the early 90s onwards, that was really dominating a lot of the reports, and certainly more so today. So, in other words, we can sort of make that parallel, you know, that um, they're sort of rising up again right now. The um, the hybrid uh, angle is interesting, and I know that, you know, if you look at the um, sort of the progression of uh, Dr. David Jacobs and his mm-hmm. line of thinking, and, and um, after... Uh, working with hundreds and hundreds of alleged alien abductions, uh, abduction cases, and and now he has come around to this idea of what is the alien agenda, and it's it is this alien hybrid program uh, to create, I guess, or to subsume the human race. Um, but if, as you mentioned off the top, you know, many of us, you could be walking around RH negative. I may be RH negative. Uh, so we have alien uh, genetics. We are part alien. But what difference does it make? Uh, unless at some point maybe they're able to flip a switch and we revert back to, um, you know, our, our alien 
forebears? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I talk about that in the book, and personally, I don't think, you know, that would be great for us like a sci-fi movie, but I don't think that's an issue. You know, you're quite right that the, the small percentage of the population that's RH negative, they're just, you know, like everybody else. You know, they're no different. They're not all sort of getting together and having secret phone calls at midnight or anything like that. So I think what it comes down to is that the, you know, the, the bloodline may be continuing, but it's not something that for the most part, um, you know, is being where these people are sort of, you know, can be mind controlled or altered, nothing like that at all. Um, you know, they say they wouldn't know unless they even had their blood checked. But the, the whole issue of the abductions and the genetic manipulation does seem to tie in with the RH negative issue. So in other words, what it may well be is that these entities are ensuring that their ancient bloodline continues um, for their benefit, you know, with the, with the hybrid children, the hybrid babies, that kind of thing. But the, you know, the average, you know, they may be taking tissue, DNA, genetic materials, etc., from the RH negatives for their, you know, their gene splicing operations with their hybrids. However, the RH negatives themselves aren't like any kind of threat or anything like that, no. No, except uh, perhaps, uh, again, at the very top, and we're talking about the, the ruling yeah, the elites. May, yeah, the people who may actually know something of this ancient secret story that's been passed through powerful secret societies and, you know, influential families and the real power brokers of the planet, they may know you know, what the significance of what the RH negative blood means. Right, and, 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 and let's face it, the, uh, the royal houses, uh, they're very careful about, you know, who they uh, oh, yeah. intermingle with, and so maybe yeah. the idea here is that they are trying to keep that bloodline pure, and so they are only one step removed from the Anunnaki. Well, that was one of the big issues, you know, with when uh, with Princess Diana, um, you know, had she not got killed, there was there were we know there were major concerns on the part of the royal family that had she married Dodi Fayed, you know, that the um, that that from from their perspective, you know, it's sort of very much like a racist perspective, but they would have from their perspective, it was perceived as you know that just cannot be allowed to happen, you know, that just must not happen. And fate stepped in, and it didn't happen. But uh, but it does demonstrate the, you know, the the concern it, that the British royal family has about keeping their line pure. Even in the political dynasties in the United States, where we find inver- invariably, you know, one president is related to another. I mean, that it, yeah. it just confounds all logic, yeah. really. And yet, you know, you have uh, uh, Obama is is related to Dick Cheney. I mean, come on. Well, also, you know, we have uh, certainly one of the world's most, if not the world's most famed, or infamous, I should say, RH negatives, Lee Harvey Oswald. I didn't uh, know that. And it just so happens that his wife, Marina, she was RH negative, or she still is RH negative, she's still alive. Right. um, You know, so there's a lot of very well-known figures throughout history who were RH negative and who actually had a big, profound effect on world history as well. So, I, I, I mean, after writing this, why didn't you rush out and get your blood tested, Nick? I know well, I would. Well, you know, I really ought to because I, I never actually gave it a thought. And then, of course, inevitably, when you write the book, people say, well, what blood group are you? And I'm like, well, 
<laughs> I really should have figured all that out before I wrote the book, you know, because <laughs> I should have anticipated that question's going to come up every occasion. So. Or maybe best not to know. I don't know if I well, want <laughs> uh, No, I'd actually would like to know. It'd be intriguing to know. But, I mean, I mean to give you a classic, another classic example, a friend of mine, Mike Cleland, um, who has written extensively on alien abductions um, not too long ago. He, you know, he's one of the major figures in abduction research today. Um, he got his blood checked, and lo and behold, he's RH negative as well. And he's had some really weird, like, synchronistic experiences with the whole UFO phenomenon. Well, uh, you know, maybe going forward, uh, never mind uh, a candidate for the um, uh, position of occupant of the White House having to mm -hmm. present, you know, their social, social security number or their birth certificate long form, maybe they need to submit to a blood test. Nick, oh, yeah, but, uh, you have done it again, my friend. Congratulations, Bloodline thanks, of the Gods. And uh, give us a website quickly. Uh, Nick Redfern, or if people type in Nick Redfern plus World of Whatever, that'll take them right to my link. World of Whatever. All right, Nick, yeah. thank you. We'll talk again soon, I hope. Thanks, Richard. See all you later. The, all the best. All right, the website, strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.tv. Really, check it out. Brand new landing page. Go there, and from there, it's just a quick uh, click, and you're into the radio program, the TV program, of course. Now, getting ready, season four across Canada, Vision TV. There's also a live event page. Check it out. Say hi on Twitter, and as always, follow the truth.